Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. At this moment in time, there is no bigger threat to democracy than white supremacy. And for years, there was no bigger name than San Diego's own Tucker Carlson, who platformed white supremacist ideology on Fox News every night. Now that Carlson and Fox have parted ways, what does that mean for our democracy? And why does San Diego seem to have such cozy relationships with extremist ideas? Here to talk about that is Will Carlos, national correspondent who covers extremism and emerging issues nationwide for USA Today. Will, welcome back, as always, and, and glad to have you. Always nice to talk to you, Jay. Thanks. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. So what did you make of Tucker Carlson's departure from Fox? I mean, it's pretty huge. It is, it's especially huge in the world that I cover, as you mentioned in your intro, the world of, of extremism and, and far-right extremism particularly. I mean, there's, there's been no greater spokesperson, no greater uh, amplifier of sort of nasty white supremacist and other far-right rhetoric than Tucker Carlson. So at least in the world that I live in, this this says something. It says something about what's happening to this movement. It says something about the way that the, the country is moving, and it's going to have um, significant impacts moving forwards. Hmm. Where is Tucker Carlson getting his racist talking points? So nobody knows for sure, but the, the, the New York Times did some excellent research on this last year and came out with a really good um, four-piece, I think it was a four-piece series on this, really deeply researched. And he seems to just have a team of producers who essentially will go through the internet looking for stuff, looking for little nuggets of, of information that they think will resonate with their audiences. And quite often, those uh, nasty nuggets of information can be found on places like 4chan, and, you know, some of the darker spaces on Reddit and some of these other sort of murky, nasty corners of the Internet. And so there's 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 a lot of research has been done that shows a kind of pipeline from these really niche kind of message boards where you have these uh, white supremacists and other other really, really nasty actors uh, chatting to each other and kind of coming up with theories and coming up with ideas. And then those get kind of uh 
amplified and softened up a little bit. I think it's fair to say that the ideas get sort of um, made a bit cleaner and a bit uh, a bit more palatable for a broader audience, but they're still at the core the same thing. And Tucker is one of uh, has been really the main conduit for that, the main uh, the main pipeline from kind of the the really extreme far right to mainstream America. And while while Carlson and Fox News have given platform uh, to these dark corners of the Internet, can you talk about the ways those dark corners are weaponized and, and used as a tool of manipulation? I mean, you know, these ideas obviously don't just stay on the dark corners of the uh, Internet. They seep into uh, larger social media platforms and, and television, uh, as we've talked about. So how are those? Absolutely. How is that used? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And and the way I describe Tucker Carlson is almost like as a sort of a catalyst or a bomb or kind of like choose your metaphor. It's like it's like you 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 have this sort of parallel movement of these lies and these conspiracy theories from uh, from, you know, these extremist parts of the Internet to the mainstream Internet. And you're absolutely right. It also happens on social media. But the fact that it's also parroted by not just Tucker Carlson, but these sort of um, huckster pundits on the right means that it's all it, it means that when um, you know your 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 uncle or your auntie reads something on Facebook that isn't true, they can kind of point over at Tucker Carlson and say, well look, he's saying something very, very similar, so it must be true because it's on the biggest platform uh, for news in this country. It's on the biggest talk show in this country. So so it must be true. So it's not just that that he himself has has parroted and, and amplified these views. It's that he gives legitimacy to these other uh, these other kind of trickling through of these uh, of these nasty ideas. And that that I think is actually probably the most dangerous thing about about Tucker Carlson and some of the other uh, some of these other actors on the far right in in conservative media. Yeah, and we know obviously there's a large audience that consumes this information on Fox, but more importantly, some of our elected officials take this in and subscribe to the same ideology. So, why has the Republican Party been so drawn to these extremist and white supremacist ideas? And what's been the consequence of that? I think the simple answer is because it works. It works. It gets them votes. It gets them. It gets people into the into the voting booth to vote for them. I mean, look, the last Republican president, President Donald Trump, started his career with a a lie, which was that Barack Obama was not born in the United States and didn't and and you know was it wasn't a U.S. citizen. It was a racist trope that started on, I believe, on 4chan. It started in a, in a, one of these murky corners of the internet. So these lies work they resonate with a certain population of the united states and i think i think it's fair to say that the last over the last kind of six years or, or seven years um that population has shrunk and those ideas have started to resonate less but certainly it's been the main way that that the republican party's been able to resonate with its base is by coming up with these conspiracy or, or taking these conspiracy theories and and using them you know and and i I don't want to sound, sound sound hyperbolic, but this is this is nothing new. I mean, this is what fascist dictators have done for you know at least the last hundred years across the globe. So it's a it's a well worn playbook that um, that that the GOP has has learned to use to its advantage. Why do you think America has been so vulnerable in this way? Well, that's a big question, Jade. I mean, I think I think ultimately it comes down to 
I think it comes down to education on the one hand, and I think it comes down to a lack of faith in not just the news media, but a lack of faith in facts and a lack of faith in, you know, it's very, very difficult, especially for people of a certain age group, um, I have to say, to ascertain what's true and what's not in today's America, because there's so much disinformation floating around. And not only that, but you have people who I believe firmly are engaged in in good faith uh, news gathering and good faith uh, news dissemination, you know, shows like your own, and I'd like to say like the work we do at USA Today, that have undergone this massive discreditation by not just Donald Trump, but by a lot of a lot of actors on the far right who seek to muddy the waters and seek to tell people, look, the, the news media, the people who are actually telling the truth are lying to you, you know? So, I mean, every morning after I publish a story, I wake up to 10 emails from people telling me that, you know, I'm the lying news media and that only, only Tucker Carlson tells the truth and only Donald Trump tells the truth and we're lying. So, you know, it's, it's, it's extremely difficult for people to really truly ascertain what's true and what's not. And, um, and that's a, it's a sorry state of affairs, but that's where we are right now. And, and hopefully it's, it's getting a little bit better. Uh, I think the next two years are going to prove pretty, uh, pretty crucial in, 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 in figuring that out. Mm. You know, the first thing you mentioned was education. Um, what do you think, what role do you think these book bans and bannings of, of, of like black history and mm -hmm. um, various curriculums in school, what role does that play in all of this? Mm -hmm. I mean, look, again, it's a, it's a page out of the fascist playbook. It, it simply is. I mean, that might sound, sound hyperbolic, but this is what, you know, dictators and fascist regimes have done again for the last hundred years is what they do is they, they limit, they limit the education of the children so that only so, so that people are confused and that they're, and so that their ideas can resonate. I mean, it's, it's an idea as, as, as old as, as sort of politics itself, you know, I mean, you can, you can go back to the Roman times and see how, you know, the Romans um, edited Christianity and only allowed one version of Christianity to flourish. You know, I mean, this is this is what regimes do. They 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 take away the options, they take away the the education, and they confuse people so that they hopefully you know believe the people who are lying to them. You know, so uh, thankfully we 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 don't have. I I don't think that those bans are going to work because we have the internet, we have freedom of speech in this country, and I think that you know that that those those bands are sort of very clearly being shown up for, for what they are. And I think that any, any children and any adults, any parents who truly want their kids to be educated, there's a lot of ways to educate them without having to revert to the school library, you know? So I think it's very, very dark and very wrong, but I don't think it's ultimately going to work. Hmm. Uh, you know, San Diego's One America News is, is one of the outlets courting Carlson. Do you see Carlson having the same influence and getting the same viewership on a platform like that? I really don't. I mean, I, most people who, who are commenting on this think that Tucker can go. They think two things. They think A, Fox is going to promote somebody who's just as bad and just as much of a, you know, a huckster as, as Tucker. Um, and they think that Tucker can kind of go anywhere and have the impact that he's had. I don't think that's true. I think that there's a, a sort of a special source, a special combination when you combine you know, not just Tucker, who, who, you know, by the way, is a very smart and very sort of convincing man. 
um, with the uh, the sort of the most watched news network. That that's a magical combination. That's been a magical combination for um, you know for the far right for 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 a long time. And I think I think if you uncouple those two things, then they sort of both lose their resonance. But um, but it's really too early to tell. I mean, look, you could go to Newsmax or OAN and, and absolutely flourish and take away a lot of people from from Fox and we could be having this conversation in two or five years and and actually be talking about OAN as the main uh, network. So I, I think it's it's such a fascinating time in American um, sort of, I guess, propaganda right now. It's like, what what is going to happen? We've had this kind of propaganda juggernaut that has been followed bl- absolutely blindly by massive amounts of Americans. And now we'll see whether they follow that juggernaut elsewhere or whether they whether fox news turns to a more moderate to just sort of actually telling the truth instead of lying which is what they've been doing um or whether they double down and they bring somebody who's you know who's even more uh disruptive and and sort of overtly fascist uh to to uh to to take his place so i don't know it's going to be a fascinating year or so as this all plays out you know, and as we've discussed, conspiracy theories and white supremacist ideology have been mainstreamed by people like Tucker Carlson, but also Peter Navarro and One American mm-hmm. News, all of which have ties to San Diego. So what is it about San Diego that seems to breed this culture of extremism? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, having having spent a lot of time in San Diego, you know, there's there's, there's a rich history of, of, of white supremacy in, in, in San Diego, if you want to call it that. I mean, the, you know, the uh, uh, famously, the uh, the guy who lived in Fulbrook, I'm blanking on his name now, but was uh, the head of, I think it was the Aryan Nations. You know, there's there's a there's a strong history of, of white supremacy there. Um, I think also, you know, San Diego is still, I think, as anybody who knows that anybody who lives there knows is is a lot more segregated than 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 some cities, particularly on the West Coast. It's sort of got all the advantages of the sort of um, you know, media savvy, uh, nice place to live, sort of, uh, you know, all the benefits of living in California with some of the kind of old school, um, you know, segregation that you see in, in other parts of the country that perhaps don't have that media infrastructure. So, you know, maybe that's part of it. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, these, these, these people are also everywhere, right? I mean, there are, there are sort of, um, quasi, uh, white supremacists kind of, you know, in places like Idaho, uh, in uh, in um, in the South, obviously, also on the on the East Coast. So I mean, like these these little bubbles of kind of um, you know crazy white supremacy are growing up all over the place. San Diego is a pretty prominent one of them, but it's certainly not not alone. Does the fact that you know we're a border town play into that, and and what role does the military even play in that? I mean, I think I I, I think the the border issue is is sort of interesting, but it, you know it, it's very strange. I mean, the the border issue in this country really sort of tends to get talked about through the lens of of, of Texas, at least for the last couple of years, much more so than California. I'm not quite sure why that is. I mean, you know, the the border is is pretty pretty massive here, and 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 you know, pretty huge issue. Um, as far as the role the military plays, look, I mean, the military is is by and large a very, very conservative um, organization still. 
And a lot of people, I mean, everybody who lives in San Diego knows that, that a lot of people who, who end up living in San Diego, um, you know, got there through the military, either they served in the Navy or the Marines or something else and, and got to San Diego and decided to stay. So that that does obviously make us skew somewhat conservative. But but my understanding of the local politics in San Diego, just watching from afar, is that um, it's actually swung much more to the left in terms of the city council and even the, the county. So I don't think you can sort of still call uh, San Diego a, a bastion of conservatism, um, like Orange County, for example, you know, I think it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. I'm not, I'm not quite sure why these, these characters, uh, you know, seem to seem to thrive there. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Welcome back. I'm talking with Will Carlos, national correspondent who covers extremism and emerging issues nationwide for USA Today. We are talking about extremism and its ties to San Diego. You know, can you talk about the threat of violence and domestic terrorism? Well, it's still true today um, that the number one threat to uh, Americans' lives, if you're if you're going to be sort of shot randomly in a mass shooting, it will probably be by a uh, probably young, probably white, probably male who was probably um, radicalized in the dark spaces of the internet that we talked about earlier. I mean, that's still sort of the number one threat as far as the FBI is concerned. It's the number one threat as far as um, as far as all the sort of national security apparatus are concerned. The people that that I watch to sort of see where the next mass shooter is going to come from are, you know, primarily racist and, and white supremacist groups. So that's always a lingering threat of violence. I do think that the sort of federal security apparatus, the FBI, other organizations have got a lot better at recognizing that that is the threat and got a lot better at sort of um, stepping in and trying to stop that threat. We've seen a lot of shootings thwarted over the last kind of uh, couple of years, which is good, which is a, a huge result of the Biden administration taking over and taking over from Donald Trump's position, which was essentially there is no right wing extremism in this country. And Biden immediately stepped in and said, yes, there is. And it's our number one priority in terms of security. Um, but it's still it's still very much a threat. And I mean, of course, we're just talking about the the sort of the tip of the iceberg in terms of the most prominent um, forms of violence. Um, of course, you know, people of color, the LGBTQ community, particularly uh, around this country, can tell you that they face this sort of violence on a on a regular basis, not just physical violence, but verbal violence. You know, so unfortunately, it's still. You know, I, I wrote a story a few months ago that talked about the the different groups that we heard a lot about and have kind of melted away. Groups like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers that used to be sort of emblematic of this movement, 
And the point of my story was, you know, the, the groups may go away, the groups may um, may dissipate or splinter, but the underlying uh, ideologies that drive these groups, unfortunately, are, are always there and they and they kind of pop up and, and, and regrow and, and meta, metastasize and, you know, unfortunately are just a, a part of American society and see no sign of, of, of going away. So I'm, I'm afraid the violence is going to be here to stay. And, um, you know, particularly with an election cycle, particularly with Donald Trump running, um, we're, we're probably going to see more of it. And, you know, that violence extends beyond terrorist attacks, you know, but to people from marginalized groups uh, and targeted groups who are doing everyday things like the black student, for example, who was shot while ringing the doorbell of a white homeowner in Kansas. Right, right. And, 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 you know, particularly I mentioned the LGBTQ community. I mean, look, the, the overwhelming focus of the extremist far right right now is on the trans population. You know, it's on drag shows, which they've conflated with, um, you know, with the trans uh, population. And so the mo- I'd say the most dangerous place to be at the moment in America, if you were, you know, wanted to go to a dangerous place would be an all ages drag show. Um, you know, that's what that's open to children in, in somewhere like Ohio or somewhere in the Midwest, um, where you have large sort of organized movements of Proud Boys and other other extremists. I'm amazed that nobody's been shot at any of those yet. Um, you have there was a, a show in Ohio a, a couple of months ago that that, um, you know, a number of armed neo-Nazis showed up and sort of shouted, um, you know, shouted Nazi slogans at the event. And, you know, it's just it's 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 incredible to me that these haven't descended into really sort of bloody violence yet. And I'm I'm worried that they're going to. So, you know, yeah, the LGBTQ community, particularly the trans community, um, you know, the drag community is is really facing the wrath of this group right now. Also unnerving is the fact that, you know, from January 6th to Buffalo and Uvalde, extremists have had the Internet at their disposal, really, to organize and spread their ideas before attacks even happen. Um, Why have local, state and federal officials not really been able to prevent some of these attacks? I mean, it's like... Mm -hmm. You know, we can think of how the Muslim community was surveilled after 9-11, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem we we're not getting the same attention paid to far right extremist groups here, are we? Yeah, it's interesting. And I'm, I'm going to be a little bit controversial here. You know, I, I do think that, um, you know, there were there was massive overreach and massive um you know, just just things went very wrong in the wake of the the nine eleven um, attacks in terms of the overstepping of the federal government, in terms of the um, you know the the they infiltrated masks and things like that. But but also the you know when the FBI made um, you know Islamic extremism its number one sort of priority, you did see lots and lots and lots of potential attacks get thwarted. You did see them get stopped, you know, and and now you may not have heard about them because they didn't happen. But as somebody who, you know, has read, you know, who who watches the press releases and sees, you know, what are the attacks that are being stopped and what are the movements that are being stopped? You know, there was a massive um, sort of running up of of, uh, the security apparatus to tackle what was a real problem, you know, was overstated, but it was a real problem. And they were able to, you know, thwart a lot of attacks. They also, you know, arguably created uh, a lot of stings that were, you know, very, very uh, dodgy. But my point is, like, when 
when we decide that something is a problem in this country, our law enforcement is fairly good at, 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 at tackling it. You know, it doesn't stop everything, but it does stop a lot of it. Um, and I think that what we've seen in, in, in the past with white supremacy, with these with these racist attacks was just a lack of focus and a lack of emphasis in terms of um, in terms of taking it seriously. And what we've seen you know, frankly, since Joe Biden took office is is a complete 180 in terms of how much attention is being paid to that threat. And I think you've seen a subsequent, um, as I mentioned earlier, like a subsequent thwarting of those attacks. You know, they don't make the headlines, but I mean, there are attacks every week that are that are stopped by the FBI, that are stopped by interventions by by not just federal, but also local and state law enforcement. So, you know, my hope is that um, as we've made that a priority, that 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 we do see these attacks sort of lessen. Um, but um, you know, you can't stop everyone. There's there's 350 million people or something in this country, and and you know, a lot of them unfortunately have access to to weapons, and a lot of them have um, you know have these deep seated uh, 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 you know racist beliefs, and will go out and 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 are willing to go out and and cause atrocities in the name of that. So. You know, you're never going to catch every single one of them, but but I think that um, I think that you can sort of tie, make make the net finer and the mesh finer and catch more and more of them. And I think we've seen some of that happening in the last few years. If the biggest threat to our democracy is extremism, white supremacy, violence, what do you see as the fix? Oh my goodness, you are you're really testing me with the big questions today. Um <laughs> I think I think that the fix is, you know, it's a number of different things. I mean, one of the other things that we've seen in in particularly in the last sort of two or three years has been a real step up in terms of organizations, universities, think tanks sort of trying to figure out how to solve this problem and trying to reach people. And ultimately, what it comes down to when, when it comes to sort of violent domestic extremism, it's it, it's you, you have to reach people before they go too far down the rabbit hole. You have to reach them before they, you know, become entirely delusional and, you know, decide that they're going to take things into their own hands and go out and commit violence. And the way that you do that is through, you know, intervention methods and and. I wrote a story, it was a couple of years ago now, but I wrote a story about a group, for example, called Moonshot. And what Moonshot does is actually pays for advertising on Google and on other you know, search engines so that when someone types in a racist trope, for example, the Great Replacement or you know, uh, Jew, Jews control the banking system or some other racist nonsense, um, Moonshots um, actually uses the, the Google algorithm to point them towards videos and other content that disproves that and that shows what what utter garbage that is and so it's 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 little things like that 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 magnified and spread out um combined with you know better education to help people stop disinformation it's those things that i think are ultimately gonna gonna stop the real violent extremists from going too far down the rabbit hole and going out and committing violence um you're never going to get all of them but but again you can you know the more people you reach the more likely you are to to stop these attacks and to you know to to weaken this movement you know movement when a movement is based on on lies and conspiracies you just need adequate information and uh, education to show um, you know how ridiculous and stupid and, and and hurtful those 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 conspiracies are, 
and you know the vast majority of of sort of reasonable minded people will will take that information and will use it to to undermine you know that whatever rabbit hole they've gone down so i think i think it all comes down to education learning working in conjunction with the government third parties you know businesses everybody needs to kind of chip in and say hey this is a real problem and we need to we need to fix it why are these extremist ideas so seductive to so many people well because they're they're easy right i mean they they're they're intellectually easy it's 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 very easy to be told that the reason that you haven't succeeded in life is because you know because uh, the 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 world is tilted against you because you know because you're white you know frankly or because you know because there's a a shadowy jewish cabal that controls everything that's controlling why you know you, you haven't made a success out of your life you know so i think that they're easy and comforting for for a lot of people you know and and that's that's what it comes down to it comes down to to scapegoating and to saying you know, um, it's not your fault that you, you know, that you that you haven't done very well, and so that's a very su- seductive message. It's what it's what Tucker Carlson, you know, absolutely th- thrives on. You know, he tells his audience every day. You know, they're lying to you. They're trying to control you. They they want you to, um, you know, they want you to be uh, to be blinded. They want you to be downtrodden, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He's he's scapegoating. Um, sort of these these unseen powerful forces and making his audience think, oh, it's it's not my fault, and and that's you know extremely seductive. So I, I think that that's ultimately why these these tropes kind of pop up all the time, um, you know, as well as just you know, unfortunately, hatred is a is a is is still a powerful tool, not just in politics, but in <laughs> you know, in, in, in religion to a certain extent. And, and, um, you know, in some of the main, um, uh, forces shaping our society, hate is still a big way that you get people to unite, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, I, I I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, you know, despite all the work that's being done to try and undermine it, it's still, it's, it's a very, very thorny issue that just never goes away. I've been speaking with Will Carlos, national correspondent who covers extremism and emerging issues nationwide for USA Today. Uh, Will, as always, thank you very much for joining us. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Jade. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.